It was really important for us to have the medium of radio because in and of itself, it has been a vehicle for, for resistance work and for getting out uh, and broadcasting messages of dissent against oppression. So it's kind of like the more we started looking, we were like, oh, actually radio is really critical, not just because of us wanting to lean into an oral medium or an audio medium, but actually this is the vehicle that um, will help us make the connection across time to how to get messages of dissent out. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. The new show at the Contemporary Art Museum St. Louis is called Stories of Resistance. It aims to explore artistic forms of resistance around the globe. It opened last week. But a major component of Stories of Resistance takes place outside the museum's walls. You'll actually be hearing pieces of it on this show throughout the run of the exhibit. It's called Radio Resistance. And here to discuss it, and the exhibit too, is Michelle December. She is the Director of Learning and Engagement at CAM and a co-producer of Radio Resistance. Michelle, welcome. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me, and thanks for letting us take up a little piece of your show. Absolutely. Uh, We're so excited about this. So tell us a little bit about the idea behind Radio Resistance. Yeah, so my colleagues, Wesson Al-Khadari and Misa Jeffries, who curated the exhibition, Stories of Resistance, did really a phenomenal job of collecting these incredible stories that are being told by these artists. And so my job as an educator is really to think about how to help people connect. And in particular, in the exhibition, Stories of Resistance, how to listen to those stories. So I really thought about what's, what is a way that, especially right now, we might be most able to hear. Um, and so we wanted to really think about how to also hear those rich connections to the history and context of resistance and protest work here in St. Louis. And so we really thought about the form of radio as being a kind of what you and I are doing right now, this ability to have a conversation, for it to feel very intimate, um, for listeners to be able to almost kind of feel like we're in your space, we're, we're wherever you are, and to bring those stories of connecting St. Louis to these stories from around the world and people from around the world, um, not just talking about art so much as talking about these core tenets of what makes resistance work possible, what fuels it, um, and how can it be possible in any of our lives? Hmm. And so this is this is going to be a podcast, an 11-episode hmm. podcast. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. And each episode is going to feature an, an artist from this exhibition, and they're paired with voices from, quote, the past, present, and future of St. Louis. What kind of St. Louis voices are you bringing into this? Oof, it was it was hard to choose. I have to say, I'm a very, very recent St. Louis, and I moved um, during the pandemic, actually, here. And even before I got here, I just having, having been uh, a kind of visitor of St. Louis, I already knew this was, you know, a place that has so much history and so much, so much to draw on in terms of people, um, people even still today who are doing really incredible work. So it was not easy. Um, but some, some really kind of special guests that we've been excited to um, be able to access for these conversations include um, our Congresswoman, Congresswoman Cori Bush. We had a really incredible conversation with her that really is unlike anything else I've seen her do in any of her kind of um, uh, conversations on TV or radio. So um, 
She's one of the guests we were really excited about. We got to talk with Dr. Harry Edwards, who was the architect of the Olympic Boycott for Human Rights and um, was the person who really set up Tommy Smith to raise that fist in the 1968 Olympics and mm -hmm. has done so much for sports activism. So I think we were, ex you know, and we also were talking to artists. We're talking to Treasure Shields Redmond, who's a poet and, and an artist. And so there's, there's really a very broad cross-section of people. And Dee Nichols, I should also recognize, who's an artist and a designer, has a, um, uh, you know, it just gives us a really great breadth of how much, um, how many different avenues there are in our own community for doing resistance work. And how did you figure out which St. Louisans to pair with which artists? It feels like that's <laughs> almost the secret to getting a really good conversation. But th that seems so yeah, challenging. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, I think about this every day. So how did you decide <laughs> which people to put together? That was the that was the really fun part for me because um, you know we we were sort of so I should say Wesson and Misa the um, curators of the exhibition are my co-producers on the podcast radio show as well and so you know when we sat down to think about. Um, you know, first of all, which artists, there's 22 artists in the exhibition and not everybody was, you know, exactly ready or excited to, uh, I wouldn't say excited, but they weren't necessarily all ready to participate. So first we really thought, okay, who are artists that they're able to participate, but also artists whose work in and of itself has this kind of um, larger transcendent appeal that's not just about art for art's sake, but actually art as it's applied to life or to other, um, other areas. Hmm. So from there, we really thought, okay, so for example, this artist, Glenn Kino, he's he's working with Tommy Smith, this athlete activist. So that was a very clear no-brainer once we found out Dr. Harry Edwards, you know, was tied to this history and was born, raised, and shaped um, the Olympic boycott for human rights because of his experience growing up in St. Louis. Hmm. It's, in some ways, it kind of, it told us what we should do, I guess. Once we kind of just started looking at connections, they actually came pretty quickly for us to realize like, ooh, that, that person, they'll have a lot to talk about this topic. It won't even necessarily be just about the art. Hmm. So I described this uh, earlier as a podcast, and it is a podcast. You'll be able to get this. If you subscribe to podcasts, you can subscribe to this new podcast, Radio Resistance. But these are also going to air. There's going to be excerpts of these that regularly air on this show. It's going to happen every two weeks throughout the, the run of this museum exhibit. And mm -hmm. this actual radio component, I know that was something that, that was important to you guys, and that's why you reached out to us, and we were excited. Mm -hmm. to be a part of this, but why was that radio component something you wanted beyond just the podcast part of it? It was really important for us to have the medium of radio because in and of itself, it has been a vehicle for, for resistance work and for getting out uh, and broadcasting messages of dissent against oppression. Um, and we kind of intuited that, but once we started digging in and doing some research, we realized there are actually some really significant um, historical examples that really made it important for it not just to be a podcast that anybody can access whenever they want, but to really ask if we could partner up with you to use the airwaves and to use the um, kind of the technical medium as a platform. And one of the things we found out, for example, is I'm just going to I feel like they're so fascinating that I, I, I'm, I think it's worth sharing a couple of those examples. For sure. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, one of them was the, uh, in 1939, there was a, a appliance store in Chinatown in San Francisco called Golden Star. And in the basement, Tommy Tong, who was the owner of this appliance shop, um, he and his wife, Mei Chin Tong, started a radio station because they wanted to be able to hear the news read out in Cantonese mm -hmm. um, and also kind of hear about what was happening in the city. And, you know, I remember hearing, I, as I was doing research, I thought, oh, that's really interesting. And then I did the math and I thought, okay, so they started this in 1939. That's still the height of the Chinese Exclusion Act in a city that was facing a lot of anti-Asian and anti-Asian American um, sentiment. And so, you know, the the mere act of just starting a radio station in Cantonese was an act of resistance. Mm. Um, more importantly, I think it's also um, it's it's crucial to look at the history of black radio and black appeal stations which um, even the black appeal stations were white owned these were radio stations that looked to black artists and speakers and orators um, to draw in new audiences in a time in the 1940s when radio was actually declining in appeal because of the rise of television and part of the reason i think radio still has such a broad appeal today really comes back to um, not only black appeal stations but also um, African-American stations and Black-run stations that were run by people like Richard Durham or St. Louis's own Bernie Hayes that helped us really um, carve out a place for these other avenues of telling um, telling the Black experience with Black voices. Mm. So it's kind of like the more we started looking, we were like, oh, actually, radio is really critical, not just because of us wanting to lean into an oral medium or an audio medium, but actually this is the vehicle that um, will help us make the connection across time to how to get messages of dissent out. So speaking of that audio medium, it can be a difficult medium for visual people, which I have to presume that's museum people. Had you ever <laughs> produced a podcast before you dove into Radio Resistance? No, none of us had at all. We are very, very visual people. And um, even the process of trying to sketch out how to run the podcast was a very visual one of drawing maps and drawing out, you know, kind of like a beautiful mind. Um, <laughs> I can just picture this. That person, exactly. See, I had to like paint a picture. With my <laughs> um, so we really relied on, we hired a, a sound designer and editor, Sean Pierce. And I have to just say these, I'm sure you know this too. Sound designers and, and and engineers are the invisible heroes. Um, wherever people are able to have them, I mean, it's really it's such a complex world to understand how to create an engaging sound space. It's it's a whole world that we didn't really know, and we recognized very early on this is a whole new. Um, realm for us. And, and frankly, that, I think that was part of what we were excited to do. There's been so much sort of like constriction that we thought like, let's let's push ourselves and try something new. Hmm. Well, that's that's so exciting to hear. I know exactly what you mean. I also want to give our <laughs> audio engineer some credit because yes, these are these are the people who who make radio work, who make podcast work. Um, it, in our last couple minutes here, though, the bigger exhibit here is Stories of Resistance. Radio Resistance is a part of this. I, I saw an interview with Wasan, uh, the co-curator of it, and she said, St. Louis isn't the focus, but it's the inspiration. What does that mean? Mm. Well, it was really important for us to think about um, as a whole, not just, you know, stories of resistance, radio resistance, and kind of the museum where we're at right now, to always think about 
how we can broaden our perspectives and help make connections um, about what happens here matters to around the world. And that was something that has already kind of come up in some of the episodes we've started recording in pairing people, some of which have never met each other before. Some of the radio assistance episodes are people who are meeting for the first time. Mm -hmm. Some of them are people who have collaborated. And the reason that we wanted to pair people and for stories of resistance in and of itself to take this kind of global perspective is because it's helpful for us to remember that what happens here in St. Louis matters to the rest of the world and vice versa, and that there's actually a connection between how activists who helped shape Black Lives Matter have gone on to shape protest movements um, for pro-democracy um, protests in Hong Kong, for example, and that's been a direct link that people have talked about. Um, we can go forwards and backwards in time, and so for us, thinking about uh, stories of resistance as an invitation to really broaden our perspective about how much every step we take in a local context has an impact on a global scale. Hmm. I understand this exhibit is going to use the entire museum space that's both <laughs> inside and outside. Um, <laughs> what can patrons expect to see within that? There is, it is very full of uh, some, really something for everybody. So there are video works, there are installation works, there's a, a work that, in, that has a kind of timed, uh, that has something happening while you're in the museum. And if you catch it at the right time, you can see something happening. There are works that are sculptural. There are works that are paintings and more meditative. There are works on the facade of the wall that depending on the time of day, it will look different. Um, so really, we often focus on these single artist exhibitions in a lot of what we do. And this is a really exciting opportunity for um, every time you come to the museum, you might see something different. Mm -hmm. And we also do want to note that the first episode of Radio Resistance drops on March 25th. You'll hear a preview on St. Louis on the Air on March 24th, an excerpt from that interview. This episode is titled Organizing Rebellion. Uh, Michelle, give us the 30-second version. What can we expect to hear in Organizing <laughs> Rebellion? Yeah, so we're going to hear from the artist Dred Scott, who is a self-proclaimed revolutionary artist. And um, he's going to be talking with Walter Johnson, who wrote The Broken Heart of America um, and has worked with Dred on um, on advising him on a slave um, re save rebellion reenactment that he did that's featured in the exhibition. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be talking about how some of the most radical views of freedom about it in our country have been held in the minds of enslaved people um, and how acts of rebellion are actually quite incredible, courageous um, acts that date back all the way, most specifically back to some of um, the enslaved members of our early American history. So mm. lots of chock-a-block history, but also some really re relevant pieces to living today. Man, that sounds like that is going to be a great conversation. I can't wait to hear that. And on March 25th, you'll be able to hear the whole thing. Make sure to tune in to St. Louis on the Air on March 24th. You can get a sneak peek. So Michelle December, thank you so much for joining us today and, and sharing the news about this. Thank you, Sarah. And Michelle, again, is the Director of Learning and Engagement at the Contemporary Art Museum St. Louis. She's the co-producer of the new Radio Resistance podcast. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks.
Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.